When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Killer Wild. My name is Bodie, and I am your host, and I am here with an all-news segment. It's been a little bit since we've had one of these, and <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I uh, I went overboard this week. Like, um, all of the articles that I, that I picked, I was like, oh, this is a lot of articles, but it won't take very long to write them. It turns out I was wrong. I was wrong. It will take a long time to write them, and in fact, it'll take two days to write them. And uh, most of an afternoon to record them. <laughs> so I hope you enjoy it. See, what you guys get is, you know, a 20, 30 minute hour long show, but you don't, you don't see the time that goes before that. You don't see the time that goes into recording it and then editing it afterwards. And the longer the podcast, the longer, just times that by three. And that's usually how much times it takes to record and edit and then times it by, you know, three again. And that's pretty much how long it takes to get all the, the news sorted through and written out like it. I, I made a tremendous mistake this week because I just went whole hog on the news and it took a really long time. It's not the end of the world. I didn't really have anything else going on. So I hope you like today's show because it was put together with a whole lot of love. Speaking of love, I have some announcements here. I have a friend, and her name is Jessica Kirsch, and she is a frequent contributor to this show. She will be speaking at the Fully Charged Live event in San Diego this weekend. So her presentation is entitled, How Elon's Multiplanetary Mission Might Make Life on Earth Better. It's a good title. So if you happen to be at Fully Charged Live this weekend, and I know a lot of people uh, are there and are heading there now, Please, on Saturday, July 10th, go watch Jessica's uh, talk. It's at the Mega Theater at 2.15. So again, it's the Mega Theater, Saturday, September 10th at 2.15. And if you see Jessica running around there, just let her know I said hello. And next up, I was on Allison Sheridan's show, NozillaCast, episode 904. I'll put a link in the show notes. Allison and I talked about affordable EVs. And by affordable, I mean EVs that cost around 30000 U.S. dollars. 
Two of these vehicles we've discussed on this show before, but the third EV and the one that I saved for last is possibly the coolest EV um, I think out there that's under $30,000 just because of the the amount of creativity that had to go into this vehicle. Um, but I've never mentioned it on this show. So if you want to know about it, you got to go listen to Allison's show. So NoZillaCast episode 904. And uh, I think you're going to like it. Allison and I had a lot of fun. And I want to thank Allison for letting me come on and talk about really cool EVs under $30,000. And I think we might we might do it again. Who knows? There's a link in the show notes. All right, let's go ahead and jump into some EV news here. Apple this week announced a new feature for the Apple Watch and Apple iPhone called crash detection. Basically, what this is, if you get into a car accident, it alerts your your phone, excuse me, detects that you got into an accident and it says, Hey, are you okay? It seems like you got in a crash. If you don't respond, then it will call 911 and whoever you've told it to else to contact in case of emergencies. Really cool feature. However, when I was watching the presentation this week, I was like, you know what? That reminds me of something way back in 2016 in Sunnyvale, California, in some buildings that Apple owned uh, neighbors were complaining because they heard a ton of like banging and crashing and they heard motors and they just weren't sure what was going on, but it was, it was making a lot of, a lot of loud noises late at night. And at the time there were a lot of project Titan, which is Apple's rumored car project. There was a lot of project Titan type of rumors going around. So everybody just kind of figured that in these seven buildings that Apple had in this area, that was actually uh, considered to be their, according to Apple Insider, Apple automotive testing facilities. Um, some of that was offices and obviously some of it was testing facilities. But what if all of these loud noises and crashes that were coming, that was coming from these buildings, what if that was part of the development for the crash detection feature on the Apple Watch and the iPhone that was just announced this week. Now, maybe it's some of it, maybe it's none of it. Maybe they were developing stuff for the Apple Car and they're like, hey, you know what? We have all these sensors on the Apple Car and while we're doing this testing, we could actually um, use this on the Apple iPhone. I don't know exactly and maybe we won't, we'll never know exactly, but I just thought it was interesting and I thought I had Basically, what I just gave you was <laughs> my own hearsay rumor and made up news. So don't, don't quote me on any of that. But if you, if, if it resonates with you, let me know. Uh, now let's get to the real news. Mercedes Benz and Rivian have signed a memorandum of understanding that would allow them to build large electric vans in the same building. Basically, these electric van, vans would be built in Europe and they would be like, delivery vans and small EV, you know, um, RVs, for instance. Like my father-in-law has a really small RV that he takes on vacation. Um, I believe it's built on a Dodge chassis or whatever, but Mercedes has these same vehicles. I'm sure you've seen them. I can't think of what they're called, but they're just little teeny tiny van RVs. So Kind of neat. I know my father-in-law would really like to have the same sized RV that he has now, which is basically, like I said, a big van, except for he would like it to be electric because he's paying a significant amount of money in fuel um, every time he takes it out. Even though it's small, it still costs a lot of money to operate. So that'd be kind of cool. 
Jeep is set to release four EVs by 2025 under the 4xE branding. So this will include the Jeep Wrangler, which we already knew about, the Wagoneer S, which will have somewhere around a 400-mile range, probably at the top end, according to Jeep. Um, I think this Wagoneer S <laughs> could potentially start somewhere around eighty, ninety thousand $90,000 and go all the way up over a hundred if it's got a 400-mile range. Then we have the Jeep Avenger, which is a smaller, more compact SUV, more like a crossover. That'll be for the European market, and that'll have a range of 400 kilometers or 250 miles. And then we have the Recon, which is more for like overlanding, uh, if you're into that kind of thing, uh, probably to compete more with like what Rivian's doing. They announced numbers on these vehicles, um, but we're so far away from them actually producing the vehicles. I think a lot of that those numbers are aspirational and I'm really not going to talk about them at this point because when they actually start producing these vehicles uh the numbers change by quite a bit and I don't know sometimes I mention them sometimes I don't in this case I just I don't think they're far enough along to give it any real credence in this next story we're not going to go into a lot of detail just because it has everything to do with executives but Lucid Motors had some turnover at the executive level. According to Teslarati, as many as six executives have left the company in the last few weeks. We don't know why they've left. Uh, there's a lot of reasons that it could be. It just could be that they're they're kind of tired of working at the company and they've got enough stock to vest. They're they're leaving, or it could be that they weren't doing a very good job and they were told get out or we're going to replace you and fire you. I really don't know. We do know that David Peel, who was the head of new production, introduction, and program management, is headed to another company operating here in Arizona, Nikola. So, yeah, uh, good luck to David and the rest of the executives. Um, I think, based on this information, I think that it might be useful to listen to Lucid Motors' next earnings call because maybe somebody will ask a question about this stuff. I'm sure they won't give an answer that's a real answer, but, you know, who knows? Uh, they can't lie necessarily in those earnings calls, so might be worth listening to. So maybe we'll put that on the schedule to, to go over after this next quarter ends. Ford's Advanced Driver Assistance System, or ADS, Blue Cruise is getting three new hands-free driving features this fall. Those features include Lane Change Assist, Predictive Speed Assist, and In-Lane Repositioning. In Lane Change Assist, the system will perform a hands-free lane change when requested by the driver tapping on the turn signal, and it can even suggest if a lane change would be beneficial when following slow-moving traffic. So that's kind of cool. Not a whole lot different than what Tesla does, except for, um, hey, this lane over here might be moving faster. Maybe you might want to consider moving over to the faster lane. So that's actually kind of cool. Next up, we have the predictive speed assist automatically and smoothly adjust the speed as drivers approach a sharp curve and will help signal the driver ahead of time when a speed change is about to occur, occur so they understand why the vehicle is slowing down. It's actually pretty cool, helpful. There's no guessing, so that's pretty cool. In-lane repositioning, 
makes the hands-free highway driving experience feel more natural, keeping the vehicle in its lane while subtly shifting the vehicle's position away from vehicles in adjacent lanes, especially helpful when next to bigger vehicles such as semis. So that's pretty cool. Overall, I think these new features are a net positive, so hopefully they work out the way Ford says that they're going to work. Uh, That'd be awesome. I have two more Ford tidbits before we move on. Automotive News is reporting that Ford is designing its next EV pickup from scratch. Now, initially, I was hopeful that Ford was going to, you know, produce a smaller, more affordable truck. But the more I think on it, I really believe that the truck that they're going to design from the ground up is going to be a bigger and more expensive truck. And then the technological advances that they get from that vehicle will filter its way down the line to the F-150 Lightning and then to the Maverick and the Ranger, whichever one they decide to electrify or both. And, um, I mean, <laughs> I'm a little bummed out, uh, cause I would really like a more affordable truck, but on the other side, uh, you know, Ford's got to make money. So I kind of understand again, this is just me thinking out loud. <laughs> I don't know if this is going to be the case or not, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was a more expensive vehicle that Ford was producing here. Last little tidbit here, Ford CEO, Jim Farley will meet with dealers next week and ask them to lower EV prices by about $2,000. The reason why he'd like dealers to lower EV prices is because he wants to be competitive with Tesla. I would also, you know, throw in the huge dealer markups that uh, some of these dealers are, are attaching to F-150 Lightnings and other vehicles because it's hard to get them right now or it's a little bit more difficult to get them than it normally would be. But, you know, $2,000 is a good start. But I want to talk to Jim Farley just a second. I I just want to say good luck. And I want to say I had a whole diatribe that ended up deleting. (laughs) I'm just going to say good luck, Jim. Good luck. Um, Good luck. Australia's most affordable EV is the MGZ because it's Australia, S. So to eliminate confusion, the vehicle I'm talking about right now is the MGZS. Uh, This is actually a very decent-looking car. It's an SUV. It's not a car. Um, There's nothing about it that's super special, and there's nothing about it that's awful. It kind of reminds me of something that Toyota might put out. Um, It's a good-looking car. So the MGZS comes in two different models in Australia, It comes in the Excite model, which has three driving modes, Eco, Normal, and Sport. Three regenerative braking modes, one, two, and three. Um, Push button start. It's got an iPhone Android app. Uh, Let's see. It's got all the standard features that you would normally find in a phone app. 360 view camera. A 10.1 multifunction color touchscreen. Oh, I should have mentioned this when I mentioned the iPhone app, but it's got an Apple CarPlay and Android Auto, 17-inch diamond-cut alloy wheels, MG Driver Pilot Safety Technology, so that's their ADAS. It's got a range of 320 kilometers, which is just short of 200 miles if you live here in the United States. 
Seven-year battery warranty. The price is forty-four thousand nine hundred ninety Australian dollars. If you convert that to U.S. dollars, it's thirty-three thousand nine hundred and one U.S. dollar uh, dollars. So pretty good. But if you go with the Essence, which is the upgraded package, so for a little bit more money, and I'm going to tell you the, uh, how much more in just a second, you're going to get front seat heating for the driver and the passenger, a panoramic glass sunroof rain sensing wipers, roof rails, wireless phone charger, synthetic leather seats or just synthetic seats because there's no it, it doesn't matter. Uh blind spot detection, rear cross traffic alert. I believe the miles are still pretty close to the same. I didn't write that down. I apologize. But the price is 48,990 Australian dollars or 37,000 US dollars. So the price goes up by about 4,000 Australian dollars. Um, and actually, you know, right around pretty close to 3,000 US dollars. Not too bad. I, I think this is really compelling. We have a lot of people who listen to the show who live in Australia. And if you happen to live in Australia and you're listening to the show right now, um, and you know somebody that has one of these vehicles, uh, I would like you to send me your thoughts if you don't mind, and I'll read it on the show. It's Bodie, B- B- uh, <laughs> the stutter's coming back. It's Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918digital.com if you would like to send me an email letting me know, or if you live anywhere else, because I know they're in the UK. Um, I know they're in other places. So if you know somebody that has one of these vehicles or you have one of them and you want to give me your thoughts, uh, just send me an email and I will read it on the air. All right, let's talk about General Motors. General Motors is telling U.S. Buick dealers if they don't want to sell, invest in, and support EVs, then GM will be happy to buy them out. Now, if you remember back a couple months ago, GM made similar offers offers to Cadillac dealers who didn't want to invest the two hundred to five hundred thousand dollars per store for training and equipment to support EVs. Uh, uh, you know. GM is going out of their way to ensure people know that they're serious about EVs. So this is pretty cool. But that's not all. We have more GM news. We talked about in the past the Buick EVs, which is what we just talked about just a second ago. Cadillac EVs, Hummer EVs, the Silverado and the Blazer uh, EVs. Well, Chevy announced back in January at CES, they announced the Chevy Equinox. We covered the Blazer and a little bit of the Silverado, but we really didn't talk much about the Equinox, and really this is why. It's because Chevy claimed that the Equinox would start around $30,000. The reason I didn't talk about it then was pretty close to the same reason why I didn't talk much about Jeep's you know, numbers, the numbers they were putting out there for their vehicles. It's because we're still a while, a ways away from manufacturing and anybody can spew out numbers. What, what I want to see is in reality, are we going to actually hit those numbers? Well, we're getting closer to production time for the Chevy Equinox and Chevy is still saying, Hey, we are going to start the price of this vehicle around $30,000. That doesn't mean that it's going to be below. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be above. It just means it's going to be around $30,000. Well, now that we're getting closer to production and Chevy keeps doubling down on this price for Equinox as an affordable EV, I'm really starting to believe them 
And so now I feel more comfortable about talking about it. Now, the Equinox looks a little bit like the Chevy Blazer, um, just a little bit smaller and maybe not as refined. But honestly, I did not like the look of the Chevy Blazer, and I kind of like the look of the Equinox more. I don't love the the look of the Equinox. <laughs> I don't I don't want to I don't want to mislead you, but when I look at the Equinox and the Chevy Blazer EV together, I prefer the Equinox out of the two. Like the Blazer, the Silverado, and the Hummer EVs and the Cadillac EVs, the Equinox is going to be built on the Ultium platform. It's going to have three trim levels with five different variations. So we're looking at the 1LT, which will be the most affordable version of the vehicle, will be released sometime in 2024. I believe all of these except for one of the the trim levels is going to be released in 2024. One of the trim levels will be released in 2023. I want to say it's the 2RS, but it might be the 3RS. I can't remember. But anyway, we have the 1LT, which is going to get you a standard range of 250 miles. You can pay a little bit more and get 300 miles. Uh, these vehicles are front-wheel drive. There's no rear-wheel drive for these vehicles. You can also get an all-wheel drive at 280 miles. So now we go to the 2LT and the 2RS. The RS is like the sportier version of the LT. Just some highlights of the features that you're going to get in the 2LT. You're going to get eight-way power adjustable driver's seat, heated front seats, uh, and steering wheel. Let's see, uh, heated mirrors, a 17.7-inch uh, diagonal infotainment display, power-based liftgate, adaptive cruise control. You'll get the Chevy, Chevy Cruise uh, package, assistant driving driver's technology package. And then with the 2RS, you're going to get many of the same things. It's just going to be a sportier vehicle. The front-wheel drive version of this car will get you 300 miles, and the all-wheel drive will get you 280 miles. And finally, we have the 3LT and 3RS. With the 3RS and the 3LT, you're going to get heated, ventilated seats and rear outboard heated seats. I don't know what the rear outboard technically means, but you'll get those. Uh, let's see here. Dual climate zone control, that same 17.7 infotainment display. Uh, you'll have an option for add-ons for the heads-up display. And then, you know, you can add on some Super Cruise driver assistance. And then you basically get the same thing with the 3RS, but you get some, like, more quality things like the Bose audio system and things like that. Also, you get... With the front-wheel drive, you get 300 miles, and with the all-wheel drive, you get 280 miles. We still don't have a lot of information on these vehicles as far as prices go. Um, but you know what? I'm really liking what Chevy's doing with the Equinox, and I love that they're keeping the price around $30,000. Right now, I think they have a very compelling offering, and with any luck, I'm with fingers crossed, it continues to be compelling at you know that $30,000 Price tag. Now the 3RS is probably going to be somewhere closer to fifty-five or sixty thousand dollars. It might be as low as fifty, but I'm I'm not holding out hope on that. 
But yeah, starting at $30,000 and you get 250 miles range, I think that's pretty good. Now we just need more companies to do this kind of thing and we'll be in better shape. Us as consumers will be in better shape. I don't know how the companies are going to be, but I don't care about those companies. I care about the consumers. If you like what I've been doing with the show lately and you want to contribute and get rid of the ads, consider going to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt or you can go to supportkilowatt.com goes to the same place and sign up you can give as much as you can afford all i ask is a dollar some people have chosen to actually give me a little bit more than a dollar but i always try to talk them out of it so all i all i want all i need is a dollar i'm not trying to get rich off the patreon i'm just trying to support the show and that's what your contribution does all the money goes back into the show to make it better and to pay for things like hosting and at some point here soon a website and things like that so um, yeah, support kilowatt.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. All right, let's jump into our Tesla news. I think I mentioned this last week, but I'm not 100% sure. So let's just go ahead and talk about it now. Tesla has officially raised the price of full self-driving to $15,000. That's $15,000 for a feature that doesn't fully work yet and isn't fully developed and tested. So I see a lot of people who are diehard Tesla fans online who are not <laughs> or like, that's way too much money. And I would agree with him. Let's move on. Tesla has officially disclosed that it's lobbying the Canadian government for accelerated permitting to build a factory. So I, I don't think this is a huge surprise because Elon kind of alluded to, alluded, alluded to it uh, recently. 
I don't, I don't know all of the rules in Canada as far as who you need to lobby and who you don't. But it seems to me, at least here in the United States, you should be lobbying the local governments and not like the in Canada it would be like the provincial governments and not the the federal government or at the federal level. But I don't know how Canada works. Like everything that I've learned about Canada, I got directly from South Park. So it's probably a little bit of it. Most of it's probably true and a little bit of it's probably satire. But uh, yeah, this is really cool. And according to Electric Tesla, it will reportedly is reportedly looking at Quebec or Ontario for site potential sites. So that's that's awesome. Tesla will start selling power walls on their own by the end of the year. So as of right now, if you buy a power wall from Tesla, you have to get solar at the same time. If you go through a third party company like Stephen Allison did, you can buy power walls on their own. But with the heat wave in California, or just basically the heat wave all over the country right now, um, Elon came on, went on Twitter and was like, you know what? Uh, Power walls will be available again to buy on their own sometime by the end of the year. And hopefully that's true. Uh, I think that would be awesome. And maybe this was Tesla's plan all along. But yeah. Last week, Allison sent me a screen grab of the weather where she's at in California. She's in the LA area and it was 108. It was 108 in LA and she lives fairly close to the ocean. And for me at my house, it was 104. So it was actually hotter in LA, closer to the ocean than it was here in Arizona, which is commonly known as hell's doorstep. So uh, maybe not for long. Maybe it'll be LA. Let's move on to DC fast charging. DC fast charging time could be cut by as much as 60% thanks to some new research coming out of the Idaho National Laboratory. This means that you could charge a battery from 0 to 90% in 10 minutes. The best part is this requires no additional hardware or no new battery battery chemistries or battery management software or hardware. Um, Everything is done through a software update. So we all know that charging your EV battery up really fast uh, can be bad for the battery. It could, you know, reduce the life of the battery. It could damage the battery. So what are the folks at the Idaho National Laboratory doing different? Well, these researchers use AI to alternate amperage and voltage while the vehicle is charging, which allows a different charging curve. Now, I'm not going to attempt to explain something to you that I don't understand. <laughs> so all we need to know is that this could, if, if uh, auto manufacturers adopt this kind of uh, technology or protocol or whatever it is, if they adopt it, one of those arguments against electric vehicles like, yeah, but it takes you an hour to charge your vehicle, that goes away. Now, 10 minutes is much closer to when somebody with an ICE vehicle is getting fuel. So that's that's pretty good. And the coolest thing is, is the EVs that are on the road right now, or most of them anyway, would be able to take advantage of this the, the way that it charges. You don't have to go out and buy a new EV to to make this work. So I don't know. I'm I'm very excited about this, and I hope you are too, because it sounds really cool. Tesla has announced that they're going to let people vote on where they place their new supercharger locations. So Tesla will send out a tweet with a list of potential locations, and people will be able to vote on those. And 
I, I, mean, I guess that would carry some weight as to where Tesla puts its next supercharger location. I don't know how much weight it puts on there, but it puts some. So that's kind of cool. It's a nice way to get feedback. Let's see here. Reuters interviewed 12 industry experts on Tesla's progress on the 4680 battery cells. All 12 experts have some type of connection to Tesla. Nine have a very close connection. I don't know what that means. Uh, maybe they work at the company. But according to these sources, it is unlikely that Tesla will fully implement the dry coating manufacturing process before the end of the year. Now, we've heard on a number of earnings calls, uh, they'll ask Tesla how the progress of the 4680 battery cells going. And Tesla's, they always say, well, we've, we are stopped at this place in, but we think we figured it out. And this has been going on since battery day. Um, and the dry coating has been a common theme since they announced the 4680 battery cells. Um, they can't, they just can't produce the cells in large volume. They do fine when it's in small volume, but then there's it adds complications when you're trying to do it in large volume. So right now you got to think of the 4680 battery cells more as like an artisanal battery cell and not a mass market battery cell. And what Tesla needs is they need a mass market battery cell. Um, artisanal is great, but uh, they need to put those bad chickens in you know, Model Ys and Model and Cybertrucks and eventually work its way into the other Tesla models. Now, I watched a, a couple of YouTube videos and I read some articles on how dry coating works versus wet coating. And honestly, I did not understand at all. It was very confusing. So I'm not going to try to explain the process of dry coating versus the process of wet coating because I'll probably get a lot of things wrong. But what I can tell you is that dry coating is a little bit more complicated than wet coating, but dry coating reduces costs, which is important, and fabrication times. So here are a few advantages of dry coating over wet coating, and that's coating I don't, I think I say coating, like C-O-D-I-N-G. I'm actually talking about coating, like you're going to coat something in a material. So there's fewer preparation steps. It takes less equipment. There's a lower capital expenditure, and then operating costs are obviously lower. The equipment needed um, as far as a footprint on the factory is about one-tenth the size of the wet coating process. So it's, it takes a smaller footprint it reduces the energy required to produce the battery cells. It's better for the environment, and it requires a smaller labor force. So just right there, just in the advantages of dry coating over wet coating, you can see why Tesla would be interested in, in making this technology work. And just because Tesla doesn't have it figured out yet, that doesn't mean that they're going to fail. That just means that it's going to take more time for them to figure it out. But the advantages, once they get it figured out, let's go over those advantages. Right now, a Model Y uses 4,42170 battery cells. I'll say that again. It's 4,42170 battery cells, which that's a pretty big number. Those cells require 17,600 points that need to be welded. So it's four points per cell, 
when Tesla figures out the 4680 battery cells, the Model Y will use only 830 cells and will only require 1660 welding points. So we're talking, you know, 16,000 less welding points and something close to 3,600, 3,500 plus less battery cells you need once they get the the 4680 battery cells figured out. So that's significant. Like, that's huge. And to further demonstrate how important this is, that would mean that a standard battery pack would be reduced in weight by about 55 pounds, and that would save Tesla between five and $600 per battery pack. Now, Having said that, in this same article, it said that it would slash the cost of a Model Y battery by $5,500. So I honestly don't know how much the savings will be in reality. It'll be somewhere between $500 and $5,500 per battery pack. That's really impressive. You know, when Tesla was going through its Model 3 production hell, and even when they were going through production hell with the Model X, and they were trying to figure things out even as far back as the Model S, like, I don't fault uh, companies for trying new things and then finding out it's really hard. Like, a lot of people are on, uh, a lot of Tesla fans are, are throwing a lot of shade at Rivian and Lucid because they're having a hard time with manufacturing. This stuff is hard. Like, it's not a cookie cutter. Like, everything's an individual uh, process. And, and you know, these companies have uh, Tesla looked at production a different way than Ford. And Tesla, you know, had a lot of problems because they didn't do it the normal way. But and when they got through it, I think they probably have a better way, at least for the vehicles that they build. They have a better way. What I'm saying is, is this stuff is hard. And because it's hard, people are going to run into problems. We should be supporting these companies, not tearing them down because they ran into some manufacturing problems. Have you ever tried to put together an Ikea dresser or anything from Ikea for that matter? When you're in the store, you are a hundred percent positive that it, you can put together this flat pack. No problem. And then when you have all the parts out laid out and you're missing something or something's not fitting together right it becomes a significantly more frustrating process and times that by a million and that's probably what it's like building a car so again support these companies don't throw shade at them because they can't they haven't gotten production right yet because tesla went for a long time before they got production right and they still have some problems they're still not quite there yet, which is, you know, illustrated in this article. All right, everybody, that is it for me this week. I want to thank you all for listening. We have a lot of new listeners. I don't know where they came from, but I appreciate it. I love it. Um, email me. It's Bodie, B-O-D-I-E at 918digital.com. Let me know where you came from. Let me know how you're doing. Say hi. If you want to find me, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can go to at 918digital and follow me on Twitter. And I hope everybody has a wonderful week and I will talk to you next Friday.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 